0: Listening to Bite Size Medicine, supported by the Innovation Studio at the Ohio State University College of Nursing. We are medical and dietetic students sharing up-to-date literature about food and health. Our mission is to give pertinent highlights for clinicians and students in healthcare. This is not intended to be used in place of medical advice. Let's get started. Welcome back to Bite Size Medicine and this week I'm interviewing one of the podcast founders, Katie Petro. Katie, how are you? I'm
1: doing well, Phil. How are you?
0: Doing well. Uh, Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. How are you doing with the quarantine and the pandemic?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I think that, like most people, have just been uh, trying to maintain a routine during the pandemic um, and doing a few follow-up projects with my thesis uh, and working full-time at Abbott Nutrition.
0: And so we'll talk about that later, but before we get there, I want to talk about how you got started with bite-sized medicine.
1: So I volunteered as a dietetic student to help teach the OSU Culinary Medicine classes. Uh, These are classes that are traditionally taught by medical students, for medical students, and at the time we were doing it in, in conjunction with local matters. And uh, Sarah and Kelsey, the other two founders of Bite Size Medicine were teaching uh, that round. Um, And I kind of just dove right into teaching. And after we were all done with the classes, they mentioned this project to me and they kind of (laughs) just just dragged me into it really. Uh, And I thought that it was a really good opportunity to not only help them, um, but also a good opportunity to make sure that they were using the correct sources and that there was um, someone who could represent uh, the dietetic profession um, on these podcasts.
0: And I, I know in our society, in America at least, Doctors are seen in a lot of cases as people who know everything about treating a patient, caring for a patient, um, you know, treatment, food, whatever. So how did it feel for you to be the expert in a lot of these discussions?
1: Honestly, it, it felt really great um, to have two uh, medical students really look to me to provide them with um, the proper resources and the information. Um, to base our podcast on, it felt like a kind of recognition of um, a recognition of the fact that, as a dietitian or a dietetic student, I was really the expert in that field.
0: And did anything surprise you from what you learned or from the discussions that you had throughout the podcast?
1: I don't think. I don't think I was necessarily surprised by much um, other than I was, I guess I was a bit surprised at um, the lack of availability that uh, Kelsey and Sarah had to a lot of the kind of traditional um, sources that I would use um, as a dietetic student. Um, So I'm talking about um, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has an evidence analysis library on their website, um, but it's only available to Academy members. And so um, I used my membership to help them gain access to that, but it's a huge kind of wealth of knowledge about the evidence around a variety of nutrition topics. And I feel like if that was available to people outside of the dietetic profession, um even if they're just students it could open up kind of a greater understanding of of a variety of nutrition topics
0: yeah i feel like a lot of resources are locked into specific professions and so that limits the interprofessional relationship that we have but that's why we do bite-sized medicine right Mm -hmm. So, speaking of your knowledge of dietetics, I understand that you're now a registered dietitian? Uh,
1: Not quite yet. I graduated uh, this past May with a Master of Science, so I will be able to take the uh, registered dietitian exam sometime this summer.
0: And so, so back to the beginning, in terms of what you're doing now, what are you doing now? Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, so I had the um, opportunity to intern at Abbott Nutrition and Medical Safety and Surveillance uh, this past fall and fortunately enough that uh, rolled into a job so I am currently um, working as a medical safety analyst in that group for Abbott Nutrition.
0: So how does that compare to both your your classes and what you were learning when you were doing your degree and also your experience with the podcast?
1: So as a dietetic professional, uh, most of my skills go into um, either analyzing uh, different ingredients uh, for their uh, safety profile that um, Abbott Nutrition might wanna use in new products. Um, I also use my dietetic background in looking at uh, kind of consumer data to determine um, if there are any safety signals with our products and just to really maintain the um, safety profile of Abbott Nutrition's products. Um, And then I also use kind of the experience that I gained through Bite Size Medicine in um, talking with other healthcare professionals that are um, part of Abbott um, and also part of the medical safety team. Uh, sometimes we also have to kind of um, reach out to healthcare professionals that might want to talk to the medical safety team. And so having had that experience through bite-sized medicine, I really know how to uh, meet these professionals um, in such a way that I understand what their discipline is and kind of better answer their questions.
0: And to relate that to the pandemic and what we're going through right now, what's something that you would suggest for everyone in terms of what's a buy food wise that's going to last a long time but also be nutritious and not destroy our bodies?
1: Uh, so I think that some of the staple ingredients um, are great to buy. Uh, if you're going to buy rice, try to find whole grain rice um, or brown rice. Um, same thing with pasta, whole wheat pasta. Um, Beans are an awesome source of a lot of nutrients, including protein. Um, And as far as kind of the fresh... um foods go. Buying fresh fruits and vegetables is, is great, but also um, some people might not be able to afford those right now, um, or they might not be able to find them in the stores. So buying frozen or even canned fruits and vegetables um, is an equally as nutritious choice. Uh, frozen vegetables are often picked at kind of the peak season. Um, so they can actually uh, retain some more of their nutrients than their fresh counterparts. And as far as buying canned uh, fruits and vegetables, just make sure you're looking at the nutrition label um, and looking for any added sodium uh, um, and making sure that the fruit isn't packed in any kind of um, syrup.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I think that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to talk about. Was there anything that you wanted to bring up?
1: Um, what are some topics that we might be hearing about pretty soon?
0: Well, that's actually a good question. Um, since you left, we have expanded rapidly to almost 10 people in the podcast with a wide variety of interests. One of them is a pharmacy student, so I'm looking forward to bringing more into the food and drug world of nutrition. Um, specifically, we might talk about grapefruit. We might talk about supplements. might talk about ginkgo and whether that's good or bad for you. I don't know. <laughs> and I think getting a lot more variety and, and more of what people don't think is nutrition but is nutrition. I want to explore more of that. So yeah, thank you so much for chatting. Thanks
1: for having me.